What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Let's Go Buffalo podcast, your new favorite podcast for all things Bills and Sabres. Welcome to episode one. Uh, folks, there are so many amazing Bills and Sabres podcasts that are out there. You've got Lockdown Bills with Joe Marino. You've got the Cover One Buffalo podcast with Greg Thompson and company. This is absolutely not going to be that. Uh, we are not members of the media. No one pays us to be here to do this. Uh, we are just three pals that absolutely love the Bills and the Sabres. And we decided as a group that we needed a void to scream into so here we are. First things first, pals. Let's uh, crack a beverage here, eh? Ready? Yes, Three, two, one. Ooh, love that sound. Love that, that sound, sound, baby. Delicious. And uh, we're going to pass it around and uh, get a couple intros here since uh, most of you, aka all four of you that will listen to this first episode, uh, obviously don't know who we are. Uh, Tom, let's kick it over to you, buddy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Tom. I uh, grew up in Rochester, New York, and I'm uh, freaking pumped to be here talking uh, Bills and Sabres podcast with two of my best buds. Very nice. Jake, how about you, pal? Hey, I'm Jake. Yeah. Uh, also grew up in Rochester. I can't wait to be here talking about Bills and Sabres. Uh, I, I, I love these teams. I mean, I, I grew up a diehard Sabres fan, kicked off watching... Uh, I'm going to get an unforgivable sin out of the way and talk about the 99 cup run for Buffalo watching that team. And uh, I've been hooked ever since and uh, heartbroken more than not, but, but ride or die by the Sabres. And and I love the bills too. I can't, can't wait to be here talking about them with you guys. Yeah, buddy. Tom, talk to us a little bit about uh, your relationship with Buffalo sports. How'd you get involved, pal? Yeah, totally. Um, grew up just as a Western New York family. I grew up in Rochester, but uh, my mom's side of the family grew up in Orchard Park, right down the road um, from One Bills Drive. So it was a, it was a big deal. Every family gathering was all about the Bills. We were my great grandfather got me those rollout tops, cutouts of all the the football players' cards, and got to take my scissors and cut up my football cards. It was the best. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Is, um, yeah, I'm absolutely a bigger Bills fan than I am a Sabres fan. I'm very excited to these two have, uh, have been talking to me some sweet nothings about these Sabres teams the last few years. So I'm very excited to actually dig my teeth in and get excited about it and, um, learn about it and, and really get invested. I, uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people out there who are maybe like me, who are a millennial, who maybe got a little disenfranchised with the Bills right through that drought. There's a lot of people who are very proud that they were Bills fans throughout the drought, and that's fantastic. There's a lot of us who are like, this is not fun. <laughs> this is Correct. not a good time. And it that was not. me. I, would, I was 11, right? I was 11. I just thought well, I wanted to find what was cool. So I ended up being, you know, I was a Mike Alstott fan and loved watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had a Tampa Bay Buccaneers hat that I, you know, rode to the ground and did all that. And as we got older and kind of reconvened with some friends and connected with these guys, uh, became came back into my, my Bills fandom. So I'm sure I'm not alone out there, but uh, um, yeah, that's kind of where my where I, I connect with uh, Buffalo sports. Yeah, buddy. Jake, anything else you want to add to that in terms of your, your upbringing as a Buffalo sports guy? Yeah, for sure. Tom, I remember your uh, Buccaneers wallpaper in your room. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Painted my room. 
Buccaneers colors. And okay. then freaking Tom Brady got traded. That was probably 15 years before Tom Brady got traded there. So I would like everybody to know that that was, that was a long so, time ago. So help me God, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we are not Buccaneers podcast. We're, we're a Bill Sabres podcast here. Um, for me, I just I remember going to uh, Sabres and Amherst games when I was young enough where I had to be carried into the stadium and couldn't make it uh, without falling asleep until you know through the third period. Then and when you're I, old enough to get carried out of the stadium, <laughs> it's that's happened uh, more times than I'm willing to admit, but that's that's true. Um, but yeah, I just uh, same thing Tom said. You know, with the Sabres too in their own drought, it's uh, it's it's been tough to be a fan through it for sure. But I think we're it, it's such a unique place right now where both teams are so fun to watch and on the uprise that it's just such an exciting time to be invested in these teams and and talking about it with my two pals. So um, yeah, I, I, I live and breathe Buffalo sports and and just just am pumped to be here. So. Yeah, dude. Tom, you know, Tom, 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 if if we had any kind of intelligence, we would be Buffalo Bandits fans, the only Buffalo franchise with a championship, right? <laughs> That's maybe what we have to all three of us have to get into. Well, so here's the kicker with that, dude. Are you are you might not even be aware? There's in the in the exact same league, you have the Rochester Nighthawks. Yeah. So like, oh it yeah. Depends on so like I like growing up still. Bills I was a Nighthawks fan. Yeah. Yeah, I went with the with the with the Nighthawks. So I guess it depends on where you're how intense your, your local allegiances lie. Um, right. But yeah, out of all the Buffalo franchises, maybe that's the one we should really, be. if we had any intelligence, like you said, which we do not. So um, yeah, in terms of me, I, I definitely started off as a, as a hockey fan first. Um, that was, I, I played both growing up hockey, much less so than, than football. I think I only played for a couple of years, but uh, I was super, super, super hooked on all of it so early. And Kind of came into that on my own. My 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 dad grew up playing, you know, like backyard sports with his pals and stuff, and um, it it was never forced on me. I kind of became this absolute sports nutcase all on my own. Um, so yeah, started off as 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 hockey and sabers, and um, I have I have a Mirzlov Shatan jersey that I got when I was probably eight, uh, leaving my first Sabers game. That was very cool. Um, and then a couple years later, I started playing football, and I was like, all right. So I'm a Bills fan now too, and it all just kind of uh, snowballed into this this absolutely tapped individual that I am today. Um, when it comes to both, so uh, the fellas kind of alluded to it a little bit. Tom Tom comes from more of a Bills background, whereas Jake comes from a bit more of a hockey Sabers background, and both of them don't know a ton about the opposite. Um, not not nothing, but maybe not as much as as the sport that they got into first. Go ahead, Close Tom. What do you got? Nothing. Close to nothing for Tom. Um, and whereas I kind of um, am pretty equally obsessed with both. If if I had to pick, um, I actually just said to my pops today, I was like, you know what, man? I might be more excited for the Sabres season this year than I am the Bills. But it's You've like, said that a few times. You, yeah, I've heard man, you say that out loud a few times. I think it's just because like we know where the Bills are at and we've been at the same spot for the last little bit, right? Like we absolutely body the regular season and then you know, get our hearts broken in the playoffs, which is not labeled the season as a failure. That's that's not to say that those are unsuccessful. But you remember how excited you were when then when the Bills like were just about to like they were primed for that first playoff run. That's where the Sabres are going into this year, dude. And I am just absolutely beside myself about it. I've I've I'm here at the right time. Yes, yeah. you're, you're you're coming at the right time, Jake. What do you got, buddy? That's what we want to do. That's we 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 realize that both these teams, Bills more so, have come out of their their slumber, if you will. But 
they're ready to emerge and we want to bring in the the Buffalo fans that have been maybe disenfranchised with, with those teams over the years uh, and bring them in. Maybe you don't know a lot about hockey, but that's what we're here to teach you about and just, just you know, chat with each other and, and maybe teach you a few things along the way, but yeah. we'll see how that progresses. 100%. Yeah, we'll get into that in a, in a few minutes here. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it light for our first little segment here. We're going to, we just, we're, we're calling this. So proud of us for having segments. Look at this. I us. know, dude. How about that? Can you believe that? And I, <laughs> I, think I, I think before we started recording, I used the word segue, which what a great Ooh. podcast term. Now, right? now spell that one. Uh, S-E-G-U-E. <laughs> Master's degree. Oh, wow. What's up, dude? Um, so first little segment here, we're going to keep things light, man. We're going to call this beer corner. You heard the three of us snap a beer, uh, right off the hop here in the podcast. So, uh, Jake, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're drinking, pal? Great idea. I'm drinking a, uh, can from Grimm brewery in, uh, Brooklyn where I used to live. Uh, it's a wave table IPA and it's, it's tasty. You got a session there, West coast, East coast. It's more, more East coast, North, Northeast. A little hazy. A little lighter than, than the full milkshake IPAs that you sometimes see. Hell yeah, dude. Schmitty, what are you drinking, bud? I am now a Vermont resident for the past mm. several years and where I plan to be. So I have just enjoyed just just beer mecca. Um, and this one is definitely towards the top of it. Uh, Lawson's Finest Liquids, a Scragarita, a Pilsner with wow. lime and sea salt. And I'm going to read the can because it's yeah, hilarious. Please. Straight from the Green Mountains to your face. <laughs> says it on the can like yeah right they don't beat around that bush yeah no love that dude love it right to the face. very they, good they put it right to you nice what are you drinking i uh dude i'm sticking to my rochester roots here i am absolutely crushing these three heads kinds dude um so three heads oh. is the name of the brewery uh if anybody listens to this and wants to throw us a sponsorship that'd be fine um but yeah the kind is just their their house ipa man it's it's probably um Probably my favorite beer that I can get around me right now. I mean, I grew up doing the, the Ithaca Beer Company stuff. Um, Flower Power was the name of my game for a while. But uh, being back in Rochester for the, the last uh, good chunk of time here, I've been absolutely loving these kinds, man. Great great can, too. The, the logo is just unreal. So good. I got, I got a brain blast. We should keep a running list of all the beers we drink. Oh, we should. You, you able just, to hop onto our, just, our Google Drive thing there? And, yeah, I'm going to throw, throw it in there, bud. So that way oh. all of our loving and adoring fans can drink right along with us. All six <laughs> of you. Shout out to all of our parents and probably our wives and girlfriends. Boy, um, it sounds like we got two I, I'm going to be impressed if, if Katie listens to this. If Katie listens to it, then that means I've done something right. So. Dude, my girlfriend, it'll be, it'll, be, uh, it'll be five minutes and then she'll be like, I love this guy, but this is just the sports man, not my bag, which is totally fine. Uh, my um, wife won't even click the icon I send her. No yeah, shot. That's all right, dude. So, so shout out to our parents that are going to listen to this. At, at least we're cute, you know. That's well. Just, I mean, speak for yourself. Tom. Thank, thank God the video is not going on this thing. <laughs> yeah, we'd already be we'd be canceled already. Oh boy. All right, boys. What do you think? Should we toss it over to our next next uh, next segment? I Let's think we should. All right. So before we get there, part of what we're part of what we're talking about doing here, and uh, Jake alluded to it a little bit. Um, but part of this is going to be sort of an informative thing. So kind of like the boys were saying, um, you know, if you're someone that has been a Bills fan and you've just watched the Sabres absolutely suck for the last, what is it, Jake? Now 12 years we haven't made the playoffs. I think that sounds right. Yep. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and, and now that you're seeing, they're starting to get good and you're looking to learn a little bit more about the game. Uh, we're going to do some of that. And the opposite is going to be true too. If you've been, you know, 
just just clinging to the Sabres for dear life and haven't really gotten into the Bills too much and and are starting to think about that, um, this is going to be a good spot for you too. So I think we've all got people in our lives that um, we want to share this stuff with and you know, if you want to, if you want to pass this podcast along to them in, in order to teach them a few things, um, this is a great place to go. So, um, in honor of the fact that Bill's, uh, players arrived to St. John Fisher for training camp today for physicals and all that stuff. Um, I hey, think hey, 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 gotta love there it. We dude. Go. Sorry. Um, I think we're going to primarily focus on, uh, on the Bill's side of things today. So, this segment is going to be called noob cues, as in newbie questions. And uh, the way this segment's going to work is whichever of the guys, aka Jake or Tom, are less familiar with the team, they're going to be the ones that kind of um, lead the discussion. And those of us that are the, and I'm going to say this with massive parentheses around it, the experts uh, on the team. Um, we'll kind of we'll kind of answer those questions that that the noob has, and uh, this will be the informative segment of the podcast. So, um, since today is going to be a Bills day, I'm going to toss it over to Jake as as the guy that leans more into the Sabers and and is looking to become more of a knowledgeable Bills fan. And he's gonna he's got some some noob cues for us. So, torpedo, let it rip, brother. Do I ever? So let's let's get down to basics. I know that Bills players reported today. Talk me through camp. What's the process like? How long does it last? What are some key dates for roster cuts? When are final rosters set? Like, t- talk me through the process. Tom, yeah, I see you. Tom immediately went to work over there. I saw him. I saw the. I saw the eyeballs get huge, and he's googling something. Um, so I, I, I'll start with at least to me, right? The main thing for for my understanding in training camp is to get your roster from a lot of people. What is it, 90 that go into camp, Tom? Something like that. It's a yep. huge number. It's not like the Sabres where it's a fraction of that. So you end, you come into camp with around 90 players, um, and that stretch of camp is basically where you find out who the 53 guys that are going to be on your team. Um, that's where all the battles are taking place. So, you know, like in this particular year, we've got massive, massive battles around cornerback two, um, we have the right guard position that's going to be a pretty prominent battle. So camp, the biggest thing, um, at least in from my understanding, is going to be to whittle that down from 90 to your 53. That's the biggest thing with camp, at least in my opinion. Tom, what do you got? The process goes August 16th, which is a few weeks into camp. We go from 90 players to 85. So those bottom five that maybe didn't make our roster gives them a chance to go make somebody else's roster. Other mm-hmm. teams can sign and cut other players um, to join their camps. Uh, then it goes down again a week later, 85 to 80. Again, only five players. It's not a lot. And then the big cutoff is August 30th, which is the end of preseason or right before the fr- first preseason game, one of the two, 80 down to 53. So Nigel, yeah, Nigel, just how Nigel explains. Um, we start, uh, well, players report today. You get all those beautiful pictures of Matt Milano and oh Don Miller. Oh my God, I love it, dude. Joshua Patrick Allen walking down the steps into one Bills drive. And guess, uh, guess what? We also saw Mr. Stefan Diggs walking his way. One, He's baby. here, boys. He's, He's here, here, right? He's we're, here. we're getting, I, it's step one of putting this stupid narrative to, to bed. But, um, <laughs> step one. Uh, uh, of uh, Diggs might... Uh, well, anyway, we'll get to that, I'm sure, later on. So we've got uh, 
camp starts tomorrow and then we go all the way through August 10th and then we get into uh preseason time which is even yeah, more fun buddy other other big thing for training camp Jake is it's not just whittling down the roster but it's also like you know Ken Dorsey offensive coordinator going into his second year this is you know prime time for him to start implementing whatever scheme tweaks he's going to make too so you know there should be I mean especially given excuse me, recent draft picks and all that stuff. There should be some scheme tweaks and changes. Um, so this is the time of the year where um, a lot of that gets put into action, right? Guys have had the playbooks now for a little while, um, but this is where you start to run that stuff, run that stuff live. So that's the other you're, big thing. You're, you're hitting my question that I had, I had queued up later. Sorry, so brother. I was gonna, no, 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 this is good. This is good. So I was going to ask with Ken Dorsey second year, is he coming into camp with, all right, this is my game plan. This is how I want to run the year. Let's find players that fit it. Or is he looking at the players we have in camp and saying, all right, this is what our scheme should be based on these players. Go ahead, Schmitty. He, uh, he absolutely is, is game planning for our specific players, right? He's going in knowing James Cook is probably going to be our lead back. What does that look like? Now we have, we drafted Dalton Kincaid, traded up for him, first and a fourth, gone up and get him in the first round of the NFL draft. And now we also paid Dawson Knox. So what that that big flag right there is saying, we're probably going to have a lot of two tight end sets where we're going to have two tight, on, two tight ends on the field, which is not something we've done historically. So nope. he's at least he better hope that he's been planning for that and he knows what he wants to look at. How does this going to change um, and things like that? He's absolutely planning for for these specific players. I think yeah. a, I think a really important thing to remember there too is is roster construction is 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 a fluid thing. Like, yeah, you have your dates where you know you have to get down to a certain number, um, and you have that date at the end of August where you have to get down to fifty three. But it, it works in the same it works the same way as hockey pal, where like you know you have your off season like free agency. You know you you assemble you you get like ninety percent of the way there with your roster construction, and you know like coaches have an idea of the guys they want to go after. Once you solidify those players and okay, we didn't get this guy, but we got, you know, the tier below that, you know, that's when, okay, now we've got all of our players in place. Like how can Ken Dorsey effectively, as effectively as possible, put these players in the right positions to succeed, you know, identify mismatches with defenses and all that stuff. So in that sense, it works very similar to hockey where the roster stuff happens first and it gets mostly settled. And then, you know, you, you start to implement uh, playbook stuff. Yeah. So it's a good lead into my question about James Cook as emerging as the leading back now. Yeah, buddy. See you, motor. Two-part question, maybe. What are you hoping to see from James Cook? And then the second part of that is what kind of changes are you hoping to see from Ken Dorsey to enable James to Cook? Ooh, James to Cook. you did that, I man. Like, yeah, dude. God. Poet. That's, wow. that's why you're the smart guy on the pod, bro. <laughs> um, you want to go Great first again, Tommy? Yeah, I'll, no, I, I can go on I'll this you, one. buddy. Um, so I would say, like, so so Devin Singletary, now down in Houston, um, has been the Bills' leading rusher since he was drafted, I think, four years, right, Tommy? He's been on the team? Yeah, four years. Um, so he's been he's been leading the, the team in, in rushing yards since he came in. Um I think, if I remember correctly, he averages around 200 touches a year, if I remember correctly. Um, I'm to double. Yeah, Tom can, Tom, if you don't mind. Thanks, buddy. Um, so, right then and there, dude, that's, that's a guy that was, you know, occupying 200 touches of the football over the course of the season. That's 200 touches that are now going to be allocated elsewhere. 
Now, Cookie isn't the only new running back that we have. We also have Damian Harris, who came over from the Patriots. What's up, Pats fans? Um, and we've also got let's They're so Perry. salty. Dude, Living in New England, I'm going to tell you right now, they're very sad that David I don't Harris blame signed with us for $1.7 million. <laughs> yeah, dude, they couldn't give him that money. That's uh, whatever, your loss, our gain. Um, and then we've also got Latavius Murray, who is probably going to be the third string running back, but a big, powerful guy who notoriously um, is really, really great in short yardage conversions. Um, so there's, there's 200 touches there. I, I would like to see somewhere around... 125 of those to go to James Cook in some capacity. Now there's other, you know, there's other touches available too. You know, we had guys that were, you know, like last year, the the James Cook touches, right? I don't remember exactly what he got behind Devin Singletary, but you know, things just get reallocated. But when you lose a guy like Motor, who you know touched the ball that much, you've got a lot of places where that can go. Now to add that to the second portion of your question, there, I think the place where James Cook can really, really, really be the biggest asset for this team is in the passing game. He's he's far more of a dynamic athlete than Devin Singletary was, which, I mean, Motor was still good, but he did, never had that top-end speed. Tom, how many times did we watch him bust into open space only to get run down by a secondary player or even a linebacker? He, w- he was so shifty. He was awesome to watch, but then you knew that, okay, if he's in open space, he's going to get... 10, 15, maybe 20 yards on a good run, but you know he's going to be caught. He's not going to the house, which is the difference between him and James Cook. James Cook, you get him into that open space, he's got that second gear to take that rock the rest of the way to the end zone. Um, So I think a a smart thing to do in terms of properly utilizing James Cook, and we'd never do these, but I don't, we like get the screen game going a little bit. Find a way to manufacture touches for James Cook in space. Right, that's the place where he is going to be. Like he could break a game there, man. Like, and and you know, going into the season, man, like he's the X factor for me on offense. Very easily could be Dalton Kincaid, but when you've got a dynamic athlete like James Cook just chilling in your backfield, you have to find a way to get that ball in his hands, and you have to find a way to do it in space because he's not a huge guy. Once he gets, once he gets wrapped up, he's going to go down. He's not going to break tackles, but man, you get that, you get that ball to him in space, bro. Watch out, Schmitty. He's gonna be a, yeah. He's gonna be a problem, and I think I want him to build on the progress he made throughout last season. We've mm. heard our good buddy Joe Marino, right? He has said probably at least two, three times on his podcast, saying that James Cook made the most progress out of any Buffalo Bill in the 2022-2023 season, and I would agree with that. Absolutely, he did. He looked. <laughs> night and day from weeks one through four, and then you go 13 to 17, right? Like a different player. Um, And I want him to keep going with that. I want him to feel more comfortable with the uh, scheme. I want him to feel, I want the line to know, be more comfortable with him. I think that's going to be an un, uh, like an undercover kind of aspect of this is hopefully our, our offensive lineman, our, our, our O-line is going to take a step. I think it really will. I don't think it's going to be top 10. I really don't. But I think we can go, I can't remember where we were ranked, but we were t- bottom third of the league. If we can get close to me, like halfway, 16 to 10, right? Somewhere in there, I think the line can take a step forward, get more comfortable knowing what James Cook is trying to do behind them. I think he's going to make some 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 big noise. And then I think that's also underrated saying that we have Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, who are both mm-hmm. veterans who every time they touch the ball, they're they're producing, right? They, they're forward. they're contributors, they're there. And I think we I'm 
that this is the best depth that I remember the Bills having at running back in a long time. I got to say, we got to shout out real quick. Poor Naeem Hines. Oh, my that God. Yeah. Right. Like, are you kidding me? Such a such a brutal. Oh, my God. A couple dude, days like, before camp. That poor yeah. guy, like and you got to imagine. Right. I, I mean, I, who knows? We don't know the all circumstances. We don't know everything about it. Maybe something else was happening, but he was stationary on his jet ski and then he just got T-boned by somebody else. Oh, my God. I, if <laughs> dude, that's crazy. You're a professional Tough athlete. Way. Your body is your is the way you make your money. And I mean, obviously, we don't know all the facts. Like, I, I guess I can't at this point definitively say that he wasn't at fault in any capacity. Right. Hard and we, to, I don't think we will. Hard to think that if you're at a standstill on a jet ski, that it's not somebody else's fault. But, you know, I wasn't right. there, so I'm not going to speculate too, too much. But yeah, you're right, dude. Absolutely. Ugh, just brutal. And just yeah, feel so bad too. for the guy. Leads me into a special teams question because I know uh, Naheem Hines. We all remember him returning those those kickoffs after the um, the Hamlin Woo! injury. Right? Like, that was incredible to watch. Yeah, goosebumps. Oh my god, dude! One of the greatest of the days of my life. Best moments. Incredible. But who's doing that this year? Go ahead, Tom. We both know. I think it's uh, it's Hardy. It's uh, it's our new pickup from New Orleans. Am I saying um, that? I don't know if he came. I don't know if I, th- I think hey, there go, was a stop in between. Yep, I can look that up. Do a little tippy tappy for me and go look that up for me. Go I'm pretty sure it's New Orleans. This guy is just a weapon, right? In the same way that Na- Naeem Hines is a weapon. Honestly, it was going to, if both of them were healthy going to the season, I was very curious of who was going to get it because they were both very capable. This guy um, has very short hands. Like he does not drop the ball, right? He does not muff any punts. He does not muff any kicks. And um, he's he's a weapon. I'm honestly, I, I was listening to Lockdown Bills today. You, I'm sorry, folks. You're going to hear me talk a lot about Joe Marino and Lockdown Bills because, man, that guy has it down. It's our Bible. Um, but uh, he talked to this morning about how, um, like, how Hardy was coming in ready to be more part of the offense. Well, now if he has more receiving um, responsibilities, he's going to be doing a lot more of that. I'm curious of how much offensive responsibilities you have because I was actually really wanted him to. We don't have a lot of the yards after catch kind of people, so people who can catch the ball in space and then do something with it. Oftentimes, we all seen Stephon Diggs catch his ball, look at the defenders around him, and just hit the ground, which is fine, right? I want him to be able to play until he's 37. Like I would love that. I don't blame him. Business decisions, but- baby. I totally understand, right? And that's not really his bag. He's shifty. He can he can create space in his route running, but he's not a uh, a explosive athlete. I mean, he's an NFL athlete. He's an explosive athlete. Amongst them, he's not an explosive athlete. And um, but I was excited that now that we have Trent Sherfield, we have Hardy, like we have all these players that are now going to be able to do this and help Josh Allen out, not make him have to do all of this work on his own. I think that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, dude. that is I, that um, is exciting. Hundred percent. Yeah, Tom, and Tom, shout out you. Um, you're right, he, Deontay Hardy only with the Saints thus far in his career. So well done there. Um, yeah, dude, he's he's just he's rocket fuel, man. He's so he's so freaking fast. And I think Tom mentioned that he he does have like he's got all pro status on his resume as a I can't remember if it's I think it's as a punt returner. I don't think he was all pro as a kick returner, but um, he's he's just dynamic in that sense, dude. So I think. I think what you lose a little bit um, going from Naheem Hines to a Deontay Hardy is kind of what we experienced when we went from Andre Roberts to whoever um, was catching kicks after that. You just that lose. Old. There you go. Thank you. 
you lose that assuredness that um, they're just going to make the right decision every time. Yeah. And Naheem Hines yeah. was a guy that like when like when when he caught the ball and that was the other thing I knew he was going to catch the ball. He wasn't going to muff it. Um, when he had the ball, dude, I just he was going to make the right call. He was either he was going to take a knee if he needed to. He was going to you know pick the right lane as we saw him do against the Patriots not once but twice after the Demar Hamlin game. My God, that was. I'm getting Incredible. chills thinking about it right now, dude. Good Lord above. Tom, we were one of the best that. moments. We were. We were one of the yeah. best moments of our like our Bills viewing lifetime. Eventually, yeah. this is a podcast idea. We have to do like the the, the Mount Rushmore of Sabres moments and Mount Rushmore of Bills moments. That's a that's a podcast idea. Write it down, Schmitty. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, it'll okay. be likely okay. Deontay Hardy for that, Jake. A dark horse is gonna be Khalil Shakur. Um he did that in college. Um, again, he's, he's just not as dynamic as Hardy is in that sense. So Khalil Shakur, we, we drafted last year, um, as he's kind of been playing as like a slot receiver for us this year, probably going to be somewhere around the ballpark of wide receiver four would be my guess. Maybe he pushes for a wide receiver three spot. Who knows? Um, but that's a guy that uh, also could be in the running for like, he'll probably be back there with Deontay Hardy on kick returns. Um, but I would imagine punts and kicks are primarily going to be Deontay Hardy. Yeah, good stuff. Well, you know, tough competition, tough guy to replace in Hines there. Yeah. So I, I know I've been asking some real brain busters. Let me get back to the the noob questions here. Yeah, buddy. When they're in tra- when they're in training camp, are they are they playing at full speed, full contact? No. They aren't. So for the most part, I, I got to remember, I'm not sure of the schedule of that, but no, a lot of times they're playing just helmets and pads, right? They're they're running like they're running routes. The training camp so um, let me back up. So no, they are not. Oftentimes players are in in much not even full uniforms, not even full pads. Um, a lot of times they're wearing these cool guardian caps, which they look like giant marshmallow men, right? With giant extra padding on their heads just to keep them and protect them. Um, I gotta get me one of those suits. I need oh, one of those. <laughs> we need my a injury body suit for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we could yeah, all. This guy needs having a guardian you know, accident too. prone. Um. But honestly, it's so, which is great, right? We're trying to avoid injuries in training camp. Knock on wood. Jesus Christ. For sure. For um, sure. And uh, it makes things, so a lot of times skill positions are easy to kind of see progress and see where they're at in training camp. But a lot of these very hands-on positions like D-line, like O-line, um, where they can't hit in the same way that they would at full speed, it makes it kind of tricky for them to like really get a gauge and evaluate um, in training camp. So um, those preseason games become really, really valuable. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure, Tom, and, and you could be very right. Um, I'm, I'm almost positive they start off with just helmets. Like like tomorrow's tomorrow's practice is gonna be is gonna be just those almost. pictures we'll see yeah yeah I think I think come like Tuesday of next week something like that Monday or Tuesday of next week they like so later this week they'll put shells on the shoulder pads all right and it'll just be helmets and helmets and shells I think by next week they are in full pads but like Tom said it's not constantly going live there will be times where like and you know you you see the training camp when you go right. Like you can hear it. Okay, fellas, we're live here. And and they're going. Like guys are hitting each other. Obviously, nobody's touching 17. Nobody's touching Kyle Allen. Nobody's touching the quarterbacks. And if you do, you are the complete scumbag of camp. And someone's <laughs> gonna someone's gonna 
put you on your ass. But Cut the next day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try probably yeah, if, you're, if you're one of those bubble players and you you put a finger on Josh Allen, you better just go back to your dorm room in St. John Fisher and pack your stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so it starts off pretty mellow, just like you know implementing schemes and stuff like that. And then once that stuff gets implemented, man, there's a decent chunk of it that is live. Um, I, and I, I only know that I'm not obviously not a part of the organization. I only know that from going to watch camp. Um, they usually start with like, like position drills and stuff like that. Um, and then the end of practice is usually at least a little bit of live stuff, except for um, the quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, like Tom said, like until the pads go on, like that's like, you need the pads to go on and some of it to be live to assess your trench players. Right, like we want to see, you know, like we got to figure out who's going to be the starting right guard, you know. And the only way you're going to find that out is when when push really comes to shove and these guys are 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 going at it. Tom's 100 percent right. Where training or uh, excuse me, preseason games are like the main thing for that because you're finally not going against your own boys. Um, but there are portions of training camp where it is bills on bills, and you know you got you got guys that are they're not going to hold. Excuse me, they're not going to hold back, man, because again, those bubble players, like they're trying to make a statement and they're trying yeah. to pop somebody and show playing for their you know, job. Exactly. Yeah. Show McDermott and company that they're for real and, and, you know, they recognize that it's camp, but, you know, they're not going to back down from anything. So it starts off mellow, but I mean, you see it every year training camp fights like Josh. Was it Jordan Phillips um, that, that Josh got into a scrum with last year at Maybe. training camp? I'm, I, I don't I'm 99% remember. 99% yeah. sure. Um, like just Phillips stepped on him wrong and Josh, Josh, you know, got pissed and they, they were throwing. So, you know, it gets, it gets intense, man. But, uh, yeah, some of that will be live cause you have to assess that stuff, bro. Intensity um, is never a bad thing. Pick, I got uh, one more quick one. Yeah, before I was going to say, pick your, pick your last one. Cause I think uh, we should probably move on to our, onto our next segment yeah. here. A real quick one. I want to hear in, in the spirit of newbie. I want you guys to pick a name I've never heard of. That's a dark horse candidate to make the team. And one or two sentences on why you think they might. Mm. Throwing us, throwing us right into the deep end here. All right, right I'm gonna go first. End. You ready? Go ahead, it's not easy. Goes. It's not easy to find, or it's it's not hard to find a name that I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> a big question going into camp is going to be middle linebacker. We mm. just lost our 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 golden childs, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, the predator. Um. God, Man, it's so cool seeing that. Side note, it's so cool seeing him and Milano on top 10 linebacker lists Dude, across the league. Wasn't, like, didn't yeah, that feed you could have kept him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Anyway, no. <laughs> so, okay, so we got to fill that spot, right? We got to fill that spot. So, my um, one dark horse for me is Balin Spector, who was, Ooh. I believe, a seventh round draft pick last year. Correct. 2022 draft pick. Um, but he's. He, I'm not sure if he's going to be really in that middle linebacker kind of conversation, but I think he has a good shot of making this team because he is a special teams ace. Mm. He's one of these guys that Bren Bean, I'm sure it just adores. I'm sure he's on his favorite list because Bean loves his him some special teams. So I'm not sure if he's in that uh, middle linebacker conversation. He might be. Who knows? Um, but uh, I think he's definitely making the team because um, he's got some special teams contributions to make. He's also... Um... I don't know if I, this was news to me. I found this out the other day. It just happenstance. Um, and I, I guess maybe I don't remember the tweet exactly, but I'm pretty sure he, in terms of like size, he is like the biggest guy that's there, man. Like in terms of it, like, like closest to um, Tremaine, I think he's the guy that has the most like size and, and, and all that Could stuff. Be. 
I don't um, remember. Let's it's something it something where he's the most of, of all the linebackers. Either he's the fastest or the biggest or whatever. But, Tom, that's a nice one, buddy. I like that one because he's often left out of the conversation for who's going to be the new starting middle linebacker. But you're correct. He authors, he's got a lot of upside there. Um, I got Who lucky got, there. Nigel? I got lucky there because Tom went first, so I got to think about it for a minute. So, dude, my um, – I'm going to cheat a little bit because this guy – I'm pretty sure he's going to make the team either way. I think this guy is going to be has the potential at least to be like sneaky, like the the first backup at the guard position on maybe either side. But this is a dude who got injured last year, tore his Achilles, or maybe not tore, but banged up his Achilles. And the Bills, no, he tore. Still, it. He was he done. Tore it. Yep, it was the a tore. Bills still signed him and brought him back. So there was something about him that they really dig, and uh, that's Ike Botker. Um, guard for the team. He started a couple games, including in, uh, several games, including a playoff game or two. Um, but this is a guy right now that I think on the death chart is behind Ryan Bates, probably behind second round pick Osiris Torres, Torrance, excuse me. Um, and maybe like even behind David Edwards, who's a, who's a guy that we have on the team right now that has a lot of starting experience at guard. This team, specifically Sean McDermott, has got a thing for Ike Bodker, dude. There was never a time where he started where I was like, this guy is an absolute liability. I'm not sleeping on my guy, Ike. Um, great name, too. Shout out to one of my favorite Western movies of all time, Tombstone. It's a great character in that movie named Ike. Um, but I digress. I think there's a really, really, really solid shot that Ike Bodker could be. He could push for the second string, man. And I, I think he's going to make this team as, because we're not going to keep all, whatever it is, six or seven of these guards that are going to be in camp. I think he's a sneaky guy to play a legitimate role um, on this team this year. Yeah, good, nice. good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. baby. First, right. first big segment. New any, before we go too far from New yeah, yeah. do you have any clarifying questions that you did think we, we, would be? Uh, and if you don't, gonna, that's cool. If we were very, we were very um, articulate and we uh, described everything how we want it, how you you want us to, then we can go on. But yeah, because that's us. Yeah. You boys are very verbose. No, I don't think I have anything that's uh, too mystifying right now. So I'll send you a quiz right, after uh, we're done, Jake. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'm sure to fail mm. that, like like all the other tests I've taken, but <laughs> not multiple choice. <laughs> well, but uh, go ahead, before we get out of here, uh, Tom, Tom, take it uh, away. Yeah, all right, here we go. So I think we're going to wrap up real quick with just what we're excited about for Bill's training camp, and then we'll get out of here, folks. Yeah, so, um, man. Uh, I'm going to start and then Nigel will let you come, come, come back. I think we keep this like th- maybe three bullet points and nice yeah. and quick and sweet. Real First quick, thing that I'm really excited quick? about. Yeah. Sorry. So in between those two segments, uh, Labatt, uh, any, anybody that's looking to throw out a sponsor there, that would be the spot where we would do an ad read. So Tom's we are, really, yeah, we're looking, it goes we're, right here. We're, we're we, we like, I'm very, yeah, very creative. We will do, uh, any, uh, any videos any uh instagram reels like yeah. the kids say yeah we can do voices voices we could Ooh. drink on screen uh, happily hate doing that uh, the, there I'll goes 99 of the sponsors <laughs> <laughs> all right tom sorry i cut you off buddy i just had to sneak in that this is where our ad this is where our, our lovely labat blue light sponsorship would go yeah you're exactly right. let it rip bud so Things I'm excited about for training camp. I'm number one. I'm very excited to hear from Stefan Diggs to come up to the microphone, clear everything up. 
I want him to go be a leader on the field. I want him to be participate in everything and be the freaking like unicorn out there that we need and that leader that we need. I'm ready for that. And I think he's ready to for, uh, I, I really do. Um, but I'm really excited about that. I'm very excited to see our boy at right tackle Spencer Brown go in and just take that. He has this unreal athletic ability. He's he's in a specimen and we just need him to really take that step forward and just just take the reins and declare himself starting right tackle. So I'm very excited to see that. Um, and then in ge- just in general, I'm really excited to see this is the most depth that we've already than I've ever seen on, on this team. Um, it's insane at right guard. Nigel was just talking about CB two middle linebacker. There's a couple players. I don't know if it's the best of depth, but there's a couple players that could all be there. Right? There's a mm-hmm. we have at safety at wide receiver. Um, there's a ton that we just need to kind of get worked out here during camp, and I'm very excited to see what happens. Yeah, buddy. Um, Jake, we know you're the newbie here, but is there anything that's that's sticking out to you? And if if not, that's okay. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but is there anything that going into this season, just in general, maybe not specifically with camp, anything that's jumping out to you is you're like, I'm pretty stoked to see this, bro. I won't give you three bullets because I don't have the brain capacity for it. But for me, I've heard so much about Dalton Kincaid and how good of a receiver he can be, like from the slot, that I'm I'm excited to and I feel as much as I love Dawson Knox. Um, I'm excited to see the tight end position evolve for the Bills. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, dude. I, great point. I think that that is a great point, dude. I think having like a legitimate F tight end, which is which is essentially what um, Dalton Kincaid's going to be. So we have you have your F tight end, you have your Y tight end. I remember F tight end as the one the F is for fun. He'll do more of like the interesting stuff, um, whereas your Y tight end is typically your guy that's more in line off the tackle. Dawson Knox will remain that guy and continue to do a great job. His blocking has come so far, man. Um, but putting Dalton, because Dalton Kincaid is going to play in the slot, man. I mean, he'll have a couple inline inline plays, but you're absolutely right, dude. That is going to be such an such an awesome thing. Like I'm so I'm. You can probably hear it in my voice right now. I'm thinking about watching like the first oh. Dalton Kincaid clip coming out of camp. Oh, and I'm and like, it's going to come. It's, it's it's gonna it's yeah. gonna be as soon as tomorrow, dude. Guaranteed. Oh, absolutely. If 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 the the Bills uh, media team has knows anything that's good for them, they're gonna get a good clip of, of Sir Dalton Kincaid doing something ridiculous. Yep. Um, all right. So for my three, then um, big one for me, man. He's finally more than a year off of it. Inject, you know, old time Trey White into my veins, bro. I Let's go. So, I am so pumped. To see this guy back at 100%, man, because... People what, have like, forgotten. What, people, people have, have forgotten, forgotten, dude. And it's... it's Please sleep on him, dude, because when this guy is on, he is he is a 50% of the field eraser, dude. And it is just... It's it's impossible to find that guy so so often of the time. And, and, you know, it took a little while. Like, he showed flashes of it, but when he came back last year, man... You started to see it towards the end of the year. He was getting more comfortable. And even at minicamp, oh, yeah. dude, like a month and a half ago, I think it was Sal Capaccio on Twitter was like, dude, Trey is absolutely driving off that knee. And when I read that, dude, I was like, this is an absolute game changer for this team. So Trey White being back to Trey White is gives Good me goosebumps. Yep. Um, sticking with the secondary, dude, the boys are goddamn back. Give me Poe. <laughs> Give me Hyde together on the field. Like, oh my God, dude. Losing Hyde. Let him cook, baby. Let him cook, bro. 
losing Micah Hyde in the second game last season was so gut-wrenching, and then Poe being just an absolute warrior all season, battling just through so much. it out. Yeah, driving to the Kansas City Chiefs game when he couldn't fly. Like, I yeah. I get, like, emotionally excited thinking about because those two guys would run through walls for each other, man. So getting to see those guys back on the field together is just going to be so electric. Like, that first <laughs> – good luck, Aaron Rodgers. That first defensive, sh- like, drive against the Jets on that Monday night game is going to be just – it's going to be bone-chilling, dude. I cannot wait. Um, and then finally, man, this, this, uh, I feel like I've said this before, man, 17 is ready to just, to just take over entirely, man. Like it's, it's there. The UCL is healed up, man. He's got the new weapon in Dalton Kincaid. I'm confident that James Cook is going to get into the passing game. Like he's, I think, I just think there's another step there, man. There's another gear for him to shift into. Like, you know, your, your, your hot cars, man, are six gears. I, Josh is going to throw it into seventh, man. And I just, he's ready, man. He's ready. He's poised. He got rid of the X, man. He's focused on football. Like, I'm just, I'm so ready for him to just finally just, just do it, man. And, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to be better than Mahomes. I don't. I think that would just be immature of me to say. But look out for this dude this year, man. I just, for some reason, I, I didn't. I didn't feel this good about the team last year at this time. But in my bones, man, I can feel the Josh Allen fifty touchdown. You know, six thousand yards this season. Woo! Like, oh, the, the potential is there, bro. And I'm just. I'm, Tom's got a soundboard. <laughs> I was waiting for that. So yeah, man, that's. I know that probably sounds cliche, and 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 maybe 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 he is already a ceiling dude, but I don't know, man. I just think there's a seventh gear to kick in there, and I think he's. I think he's gonna. I'm gonna do my standard. Put 100 bucks on him for me to be the MVP, and I'm not gonna. Do it. I'm not gonna change that. What I do you think, it. boys? There's a lot to be excited about, boys. I can't oh, wait. Oh, baby. Well, Chewy. thank you, folks, for sitting down here with us for our first episode, the inaugural, Woo. the maiden voyage. And uh, we'll see you next time. So uh, this is uh, I am Tom. That is Nigel. That is Jake. And thank you so much for hanging out with us for a little bit here. And uh, go Bills, go Sabres, and let's go Buffalo. <laughs>